0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's an to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac attack. McCaffrey This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network And welcome back to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am joined by my esteemed colleague, a 13-year NFL veteran, two-time Super Bowl winner. He is the first defensive player ever selected by the Carolina Panthers in the 1995 NFL draft in the first round, cornerback Tyrone Poole. Tyrone, what's going on, man? How's your week been? How
1: how you doing, Desmond? A little bit of uh, watching some playoff football, man. It's it's about that time um, of the season, and... Before you know it, only one team will be standing on top of that mountain. Uh, wish it could have been the Carolina Panthers in the playoffs, but hopefully we'll get them next year. Or so but right now, you know, it's interesting to see. Got some good games coming up this uh weekend. But like I said, one team will be hosting uh that uh Lombardi trophy up uh in several weeks.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of uh real interesting games this weekend. Um, I'm looking at Rams-Packers because the Rams have the number one scoring defense in the league. The Packers, who we saw uh, uh, play against the uh, Panthers this year, have the number one scoring offense in the league. So it's the classic number one offense versus number one defense type uh, game that will be happening there uh, at Lambeau on top of it. And I'm really looking at this Cleveland-Browns-Kansas City Chiefs game Sunday at 3. It just seems like it's going to be a fun game. Uh, you know, you got a loaded offense in Cleveland. You got a super loaded offense in Cleveland. Uh, in uh, Kansas City, we'll see if Kansas City can really make it back to the Super Bowl. I know after they won last year, their players were saying they're going to try to win four or five or something like that. And uh, me and you both know how hard that is <laughs> to do in in the NFL. But uh, Kansas City, I don't know if they've been toying with people all year or if they legit can score whenever they want. So we'll we'll start getting some answers to all this as the divisional round starts this weekend uh, across a multitude of channels. Uh, for the NFL fan out there. before we get into Panther News for the week, I wanted to give you a word from our sponsor at Bet Online. The NFL season has ended, and now the playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at the games of this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts course the regular season is over for the carolina panthers but the train still moves on uh this is our final episode for the season we'll be back probably somewhere around the nfl draft around april may or so um to give you some uh panther news and things along those lines but there was some panther news this week we'll get into that and then we'll get in some panther grades to end the season for a couple of uh names attached to the franchise starting off um Ty, Dan Morgan, former linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame this week. He was the 11th pick in the 2001 NFL draft. He uh, helped lead the, the Panthers to the 2003 Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, where he had a still, if I'm not mistaken, Super Bowl record 18 tackles in the game. Um, Ty, just real quick on Dan Morgan. I've always said Dan Morgan was Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley to the Carolina Panthers franchise. He, w- he was... The the middle linebacker that kind of came in and took over uh, that role after Sam Mills retired and they switched to a 4-3, the middle linebacker has always kind of been a, an important spot for uh, the Panthers franchise since the beginning of their existence. And if I had to go down the list of how I would rank them, Dan Morgan would be uh, number two, right behind Luke Kuechly. And really, that's only because Dan Morgan's uh, career was cut short, just like Luke Kuechly, uh, due to injuries, concussions. Dan Morgan suffered a lot of concussions during his career, cut his career short. Um, he played at Miami. And uh, if you ask Panther fans, especially hardcore, longtime Panther fans, uh, their faces will light up when you talk about Dan Morgan. What do you, What do you remember about Dan Morgan's playing career? Uh, in Carolina and the type of player that he was at middle linebacker.
1: Well, just you know, I want to say this about Dan. I know people are probably saying, where is Dan? Uh, Dan is helping those Buffalo Bills um, mm-hmm. you know, try to get to the Super Bowl. So he's the director of uh, uh, player personnel there. So, you know, uh, he's doing an excellent job looks like to me. So not only did he do it on the football field, but now he's doing it in the front office. But you know, coming in at 6'2, you know, 245, you know, playing that linebacker position, like you said, first round draft pick um, by the Panthers. Um, you know, finishes up with uh, 390 tackles, probably would have had more than that, like you said, being cut uh, short career. Uh, all pro in 2004, 2004 Pro Bowl. So, you know, very productive guy. Uh, was with the Panthers from uh, 2001 to 2007. And, you know, ended with uh, uh, the Saints, but uh, again, he's just a typical linebacker that he's going to give you his best, and anytime you play that linebacker position, you have to have the mentality of go until you break glass, so to speak, the old saying goes, and uh, so to be a first-round draft pick and also to be selected into any type of Hall of Fame, you know, it, it says a lot, so uh congratulations to uh Dan and also uh uh continued success at his position with the buffalo bills.
0: For for starters, Buffalo is Carolina North. Uh, You you mentioned Dan Morgan. I I would love if they interviewed him down here for the general manager position, but I don't think he's been in consideration for it. But uh, yeah, Buffalo is Carolina North. Basically, you look at them; they're fourteen and three. They're in the divisional playoffs. They're they're the hot team in the AFC. And if you look at their roster and their coaching staff and their uh, their front office, it's littered with Carolina Panther uh, former Carolina Panther employees in particular from 2015 when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. The the general manager is Brandon Bean, who was the assistant GM here. Uh, Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator. He's the head coach. Uh, star Tule, who opted out this season, is their star defensive tackle. He didn't even play this year. They went 13-3. and uh, People know Star from here. We drafted him in the first round. Um, Josh Norman is up there. They picked him up. I mean, it's crazy <laughs> how many Panthers are playing up in Buffalo right now and how good they are that pass through this Panther uh, – system. And then also talking about Dan as a whole, I was just thinking back Panthers middle linebackers over the years. When the Panthers are good, they have a not just a decent middle linebacker, but almost like a a great top three in the league type middle linebacker. You can go back to, you know, the beginning of Sam Mills, that squad that you were on that went twelve and four in ninety six and made it to the NFC championship game against Green Bay. Uh, had Sam Mills on it, running traffic uh, for your defense there. You know, Sam gives way to Dan Morgan. Dan Morgan leads them to a Super Bowl No. 03 uh, and was really, really good until injuries cut him short. Dan Morgan retires. That leads the way to us drafting Luke Keekly. Uh, no, excuse me, not Luke Keekly, uh John Beeson. John Beeson out of Miami, another Miami linebacker, played middle linebacker for us uh, and did exceptionally well. Uh, until injuries cut his career short and then, uh, Luke Keekley right after that. So uh, something about playing middle linebacker for the Panthers, uh, you know, if you excel at it, then the whole team excels, but it's a, it's a short lifespan, I guess, at that position, uh, for Carolina, looking back at the stars, the greats that have been there before all of them, except for Sam Mills, who was at the end of his career, uh, their playing careers have, have fallen short, uh, while playing that position in Carolina, Uh, Other news this week, the Panthers and the Dolphins were named coaching staffs for the Senior Bowl this year. Um, Why is that important? This will give the Panthers coaching staff a chance to see seniors from around the country up close and personal, especially in a year like uh, this one where we've been dealing with COVID-19 and, you know, attendance may be limited, time may be limited in terms of being able to evaluate talent, especially when some of these players did not play as many games as some of the others. Uh, Jeremy Chen, our star rookie – well, I can't call him a rookie anymore – our star safety slash linebacker hybrid that we traded up for uh, and drafted from Southern Illinois, they saw him at the Senior Bowl last year. That was when they decided to trade up for Jeremy Chen and get him on the roster was after watching him in his Senior Bowl performance. So uh, hopefully the Panthers can find some diamonds in the rough during the Senior Bowl. Uh, They'll be up in close and personal with these kids um, for the week practice up until – The actual game itself so that's a that's a benefit for the Panthers as well one of the bigger news the things that came out that I wanted to talk to you about uh Tyrone a a name that's actually been on our podcast a couple of times the past few weeks uh just coincidentally former Washington football team quarterback Dwayne Haskins visited uh Carolina on Monday uh he did leave without a contract but the fact that the Panthers were kicking the tires on Dwayne uh, Haskins says a lot to me in terms of what they feel about Teddy Bridgewater. He was the the 15th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Uh, Washington cut him with a couple of games to go this past season. Matter of fact, they cut him after uh, the Panthers defeated the Redskins uh, late in the season. R- Matt Rule uh, actually recruited Dwayne Haskins while he was at Temple. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on this uh, tie? Because we've gone back and forth in terms of thoughts on Dwayne Haskins if he, if he's salvageable uh, you know w- would he be a good fit um, wh- what do you think about this because on one hand I look at it like he was a first round talent he only had a year and some change in Washington and he went through a number of coaching changes and personnel changes and stuff they kind of threw him in the fire as a rookie but then you kind of look at the other side of it where you would think he doesn't really match up with Carolina's uh what they're trying to build in Carolina if he's going to be reckless and, you know, not wearing masks and clubs and all that kind of thing. So what what was your initial reaction when you first heard that they were uh, talking to Dwayne Haskins?
1: It's the NFL.
0: It's
1: it's revolving doors. Uh, You know, that's why during the season, there's a particular day during the week where they bring in guys and just work them out. You know, you always want to have a short list. If you're a great team, a great GM, uh, player personnel type of um, um, job, you want to know who's out there. Anybody that gets released, anybody that gets cut, uh, anybody that's available, you want to at least bring them in. And when you bring them in, it doesn't mean that you're going to sign them. As we saw with Dwayne Haskins, they brought him in and they did not sign him. They just want to make sure that they do their due diligence and just make sure, see where he is mentally, see where he is physically. So if something were to happen, worst case scenario, we already have a short list. We know exactly where we're going to go. Uh, Dwayne is still young; he's what 23 years old. Uh, so you know the guy still uh, is considered young, and he's raw, and he still has ability. So uh, I think anytime you have a talent. Anybody in this NFL, uh, if you get released, better yet, if you're in the NFL, that means you're talented. You have some type of talent. And people just want to keep those tires, as you uh, alluded to, and just see, okay, where's this guy mentally? Where is this guy physically? And just talk to him because, again, it's NFL, not for long. So you want to make sure you have options.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know – I was kind of up in the air about it because I don't want someone that's going to be immature or whatnot, but I can't ignore talent. And if they felt the need to, as you said, kick the tires on uh, Dwayne Haskins and if they kind of had a relationship before with Matt rule, having uh, tried to recruit him to come to uh, temple, then yeah, I, you know, due diligence. It doesn't necessarily mean anything that they talked to him and he did leave the building without a contract. So that's saying something in itself right there. But the fact that they reached out to him down the road, I could almost see them saying, you know, Go out this offseason, work out, get your mind right, get your money right, get get your people right around you, and uh, maybe we'll revisit this after the draft, after we see what we get uh, in the NFL draft, because as the draft is starting to shape up here, uh, one of the guys that we talked about last week, Justin Fields from Ohio State, who, uh, through no fault of his own, ran into a machine in Alabama uh, this past Monday. Um, Justin Fields is kind of tracking towards that eighth pick, so we might end up... Landing Justin Fields, who I'm becoming more and more comfortable with drafting, but then I'm, I'm I'm looking back on the past ten or years or so. I can't think of an Ohio State quarterback that's done well in the NFL, you know, like I'm looking back, Dwayne Haskins, Cardell Jones, J. T. Barrett, uh, I, I can't think of someone who's excelled once they've made it to the NFL level. Now that should probably be different with Fields who started at Georgia and literally. Has gone like I think uh, he's twenty and two in two seasons at Ohio State, and his only two losses are to Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> so I mean it's like, and, and that was in the SEC, I mean that was in the college football semifinal, and then the college football national championship game. So I mean that ain't bad. He he's throwing like seventy five percent completion rate. So maybe he'll break the trend. But I feel like they did this with Dwayne just to kind of let him know, hey, we're thinking about you. We think you still got talent. We're going to circle back around to this after we get our front office straight. They got to hire a GM and some other stuff, too. But if I was Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I would I would definitely be on high alert. Uh, To me, it signals the long term for a future for Teddy Bridgewater is in doubt. Uh, big change is coming to the offense for the Carolina Panthers no matter what happens this offseason due to personnel changes that have happened this week. Quarterback coach Jake Peets is leaving to become the offensive coordinator at LSU. Uh, he's considered a Joe Brady disciple, uh, which is crazy because Joe Brady's 31 years old. And then two other offensive assistants, DJ Mingus is actually going back with Jake to LSU uh, to become the passing coordinator there. And Marcus Satterfield is leaving the uh, offensive uh, room to become the South Carolina offensive coordinator. Uh, meanwhile, offensive coordinator Joe Brady has actually interviewed with multiple teams. The 31-year-old offensive coordinator has interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, the Los Angeles Chargers, the New York Jets uh, here recently. I'm sitting here thinking, Ty, that uh, I'm thinking Joe Brady's going to be back next year. And I say that because usually if a, it feels like when a team and a coach... That they're interviewing, when it's a match, when they know, it seems like they pounce on him. Like when we hired Matt Rule, it was like we didn't want to leave him, we didn't want to get him out of the house. Like we wanted him to sign. We knew who we wanted. Once we once Tepper started talking to him, he made up his mind and was done. With Brady, though, with him hopping around to all these different teams, it feels kind of like Eric Bienemy from last year, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, who got multiple interviews. But then was not selected for any of those positions. And to me, I think Bienname is more deserving of a head coaching job than Joe Brady is, just from what he's done. I mean, he's he's the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that says it all. They're, they're defending Super Bowl champs. They got weapons all over the place, but a lot of it's scheme and what they do with the talent they have. And that that's a testament to Eric Bienneme learning under Andy Reid. I would think Bienemy would get a shot before anyone else. And I would think that through all this hopping around that Joe Brady's probably coming back to Carolina, at least for another season. Do you do you think that, uh, that Brady would benefit from coming back to Carolina for another season, or are you one of those that thinks that that doesn't really matter? He's got enough uh, experience underneath his belt to run an NFL franchise uh, at 31 years old. Well, when I look at a head coach, a uh, head coach is someone that,
1: coordinates, instructs, motivates, and organizes the football team. Uh, I don't think Joe Brady has been in the NFL long enough to be able to have that experience. Not saying that he could not do it, but I think right now his years, and he would probably agree, he would probably want to get some more years uh, to really qualify and solidify himself. Uh, there have been a lot of coaches Josh uh, McDaniels you know left and went to the Denver Broncos and you know it's just something about being a head coach that maybe is totally different from being uh, a position coach I like to call it the 360 and the 90 way of thinking Uh, a head coach is a 360 degree thinker Uh, again has to coordinate instruct motivate organize the football team uh and position coaches are like 90 degree thinkers they only think about one side of the ball so to speak so when you become that head coach you're now becoming a 360. so i would think that joe brady probably would want to get a little bit a little bit more experience and just see how this thing actually works because you know just because you get a head coaching job doesn't mean you're going to stay there uh you know and you want to go where you have success your first time out uh so i think it would be to his best uh benefit to continue to stay here in carolina until he gets a feel that he's able to 100% as a 360 degree uh thinker coach coordinate instruct motivate and organize a football team to win a championship.
0: Yeah. You know, there was some times during this season where we questioned Joe Brady's play calling. calling. So um, I I think that he does have a little bit more work to do in terms of uh, the way he calls plays in an NFL setting. I think a lot of times we relied on the pass game a little too much. I would have preferred more of a 50-50 type of split in terms of run uh, versus pass when the panthers were 15 and one in 2015 they were the number one ranked rushing offense in the entire league and rushed about 47 48 percent of all of their snaps this year they were around about 41 percent of all their snaps um went to uh the run game some of that could be attributed to not having their number one running back christian mccaffrey but uh having said all that i, I wouldn't mind brady coming back for another year You know, they're just really trying to implement all this stuff. And the Panthers may take a serious step back if Brady's gone, Pete's is gone, Mangus is gone, Satterfield's gone. Uh, No matter what, the offense is going to look a little bit different. So uh, we need to keep an eye on that. Um, And we'll get you some word on Joe Brady as that comes in as well. The Panthers have narrowed their general manager candidates down to four and have completed in-person interviews with them. I was hoping that... Uh, we would have an answer on this before we got to taping, but they have yet to make a decision It'll probably by the end of this week. Those four are Tennessee Titans director of player personnel, Monty Osenfort, 49ers vice president of player personnel, Adam Peters, Chiefs assistant director of player personnel, Ryan Poles, and Seahawks vice president of football operations, Scott Fitner. Uh, Excuse me, I pronounced that uh, wrong. Um, It looks like it's going to come from this batch of four. Just looking at the teams that they're coming from, I would kind of lean towards either Ryan Poles from the Chiefs or uh, Adam Peters from the 49ers, just based off of what those two teams have done the past three or four years in terms of talent evaluation and draft picks and what they've brought in. Uh, Of course, Kansas City is going to make you raise your eyebrow a little bit. Uh, with all the talent that they have brought in, uh, most of it through the draft, uh, to be honest. Most of the stuff that they have over in Kansas City, they drafted. So, of course, you want to look at that. And then uh, the 49ers. The 49ers, it felt like their philosophy the past three or four years before they got really good last year was a, an old-school method of, you know, build the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. They were pick, They were using all their first-round picks – on defensive uh, players. And now they've got a, you know, pretty stout defensive front four uh, because of it. And their offensive line, they built a monster offensive line from the remnants of what Jim Harbaugh left behind uh, and just spent high draft picks on offense and defensive line. I like that mentality. The Panthers need that, especially on the offensive line where only Matt Paradis is signed for next year. They got to think about Taylor Moten resigning what to do with Russell O'Koom who's 32 and only played like four games this year. Um, so the offensive line is in desperate need of being rebuilt. Uh, the defensive line has decisions. You got Kawan Short sitting there uh, who was on IR for the second year in a row and will probably get cut by the Panthers to save about $12 million in cap room. So that's going to open a spot beside Derek Brown. Uh, and then you got the other two rookies, your Gross Gross Matos, on one end, and uh, uh, Brian Burns, the second-year player, on the other. So you got some elements there, but – For me, those would be the two guys, uh, Peters or Poles from either the Chiefs or the 49ers uh, coming in that I would think would have the front row seat towards this position. Any thoughts for you in terms of the type of general manager you you would like to have in Carolina? And how often did you really deal with the general manager as a player? Did you see the general manager very often? Did you have a lot of conversations with him over the course of a week or a month or whatnot? Or was it kind of random whenever you would see the general manager as a player?
1: Whoever, I say this, whoever the Panthers get, fans need to understand this. And I think this is one of the the things that's hard to get through the fans. Not all of the fans, but those who truly don't understand football to the maximum. Not to say they don't understand football, but, you know, you're you're bringing people in to win. I understand that. But it also takes time uh, to... uh, build a consistent, sustainable winning organization. And it's like making a cake. You know, you can't microwave a cake. you got to take the time to put the right ingredients in. And I think so many times we get so uh, accustomed, and we are accustomed in this day and age to have microwavable success. But there are teams that do have microwavable success, but they don't have sustainable success. So that's the first thing I want to say that whoever they bring in. You want to look at their track record. Have they been around organizations that have won consistently? Because in order to win consistently, you have to deal, will and deal, bring in the right people, know who to keep, uh, uh, just, you know, dealing with the uh, infrastructures of of, of personnel the salary cap, and so you know, yes, you have some people that may come from organizations where they won uh, last year. But I want to look at just like a stock, a stock. I want to look at the twenty-year history of that stock. I want to see how that stock performed when the team or when that stock was down. Uh, how did it weather the storm? I want to see this person where he's coming from. Uh, what? Is he used to, is he used to a team losing and then rebuilding the next year? Um, You know, just what good and bad worst case scenario, uh, best case scenarios have this uh, person that you're literally giving the keys to your organization uh, to build it. So um, yes, the GM is the guy, he is supposed to know, and meet and greet the players and talk to them on a consistent basis. And I prefer that because it makes me as a player feel like this guy really cares versus somebody who stays in his office all the time. So, you know, sometimes you gotta uh, like that. What's that show um, uh, where they hide the balls? You know, he actually comes in
0: uh, undercover, oh, undercover
1: uh, balls. Yeah. yeah. So I like that guy who comes into the locker room man, to see what's going on in the locker room, come down to the mail room and see what we do down here. You know, that's how you best understand how your organization is running. So um, that's what I would like to see the Panthers uh, try to find uh, somebody who actually puts their hand, not only in the cooker jar, but they also help make the cookies, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, I just want somebody who understands the highs and lows of this game because there will be highs and lows. You know, you can have injuries. Look at the 49ers. You, you're talking about their uh, – the Panthers are looking at one of their uh, personnel as a possible general manager. Well, mm-hmm. 49ers had great success, and then they had all these injuries. So, fans, things happen. So you just want to make sure you get somebody who knows how to weather the storm and also who knows how to go out and have fun in the sun. So, because you're going to have those types of seasons, uh, in a NFL season.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with that assessment. And, uh, hopefully the Panthers get this done sooner than later. We know owner David Tepper is the type to wait around and mull over a decision. He's pretty, uh, Straightforward in terms of when he makes a decision, he goes with it. And so obviously it, it's worked <laughs> over the course of his career. Um, the richest owner in the league worth about $14 billion. So uh, I, res- I respect his hustle. Um, we'll find out probably uh, by the weekend who the Panthers are going to have for this. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. With this being the last episode of the 2020 uh, season for the Carolina Panthers, I wanted to do um, Panther grades. And basically... Uh, you know, like in school, on a scale of A to F, where A is exceptional and F is not so much, wanted to kind of go through a couple of uh, people uh, on the coaching staff and on the roster that we give grades to here. And I wanted to start off, of course, with head coach Matt Rule. 5-11, uh, and 11, regular season, uh, tally for the first year head coach. This was his first year coaching in the NFL Uh, previous stops at Temple and at Baylor. He did have uh, a role on the New York Giants back in 2011. Uh, He was the offensive line uh, coach there, but that was only for one season. So this was really the first year that he had a chance to sink his teeth into NFL life. And what a year it was having to coach a brand new team during a global pandemic, not being able to touch his players, be around his players, be face-to-face with his players until August. No off-season, no training camp, no preseason, and uh, the team finishes 5-11 and 11 on the season. Uh, there was a couple times during the season where we questioned Matt Rule's uh, late-game play calling. Uh, that seemed to melt away as the season went on a little bit. But uh, I'm going to let you kick this off here with head coach Matt Rule on a scale of A to F. What would you give uh, head coach Matt Rule for the 2020 season, Tyrone? Well, I guess you know the out is the fact that uh this
1: was an unprecedented uh year uh for uh the nfl and nfl coaches and the nfl players and the nfl fans Uh, so with that being said you know you're probably going to give any coach a high grade because they all uh, what should i say not you're not going to give no coach a failing grade in this type of uh, uh, pandemic of a season. So of course, I'm going to go ahead and give um, uh, Coach Matt Rule. Um, I give him an uh, A based off of, of of the situation with the COVID. Uh, but there are some things that I'm pretty sure he knows uh, that he can improve on. If you're a great coach, you're always going to try to uh, find your weaknesses um, and build them up while you're still maintaining your strength. So. Uh, with the pandemic and the Panthers not finishing in the cellar, you know, that belongs to their neighbors, uh, the Atlanta Falcons who finished in the cellar. But um, uh, the Panther was only one game away from tying, tying the Falcons for being at the bottom. But um, Coach Matt Rule did a heck of a job during this pandemic uh, unprecedented uh, season. So I give him an A uh, for the effort during this time.
0: I think I, I think I lean towards A2, and it, it's based off of pretty much everything you were saying uh, and adding in the fact that they weren't able to do this traditionally, like in normal situations. Week 13, the team had a COVID outbreak, uh, you know, and, and they were depleted players uh, from the bye. Um, just having to basically dodge raindrops all year long. And the Panthers, other than week 13, they did really well in terms of avoiding COVID as a whole, as a team, uh, their protocols were in place. You could tell that, you know, they were kind of building building some sort of foundation. And it took a little while for us to kind of see what the foundation is going to be. But I think now we can kind of see that Matt Roll's vision is more of a – he wants a hard-nosed team. They always fight. They never quit. Uh, they're basically doing their jobs. Uh, if you do your job and the man beside you does his job and vice versa, you're going to win more than you lose. Uh Want, he wants smart players, and he wants guys that can play more than one position. So guys like Jeremy Chin are invaluable on this team. He can, he can drop down and play linebacker. He can drop out and play uh, cover safety. He can, he can do multiple things, and that comes in handy uh, with this team. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was a wide receiver only until this year where they had him in this uh, kind of old-school flanker-type position, a wide receiver-running back-type hybrid uh, that really got them through some games without Christian McCaffrey. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey, you know, this year his best player on the whole roster. He didn't have him, but for like two and a half games, and for them to still win five games uh, in this type of season, I gotta, I gotta give him his flowers. This is, this has been a pretty exceptional coaching job, and it looks like David Tepper might have made the right move with uh, hiring Matt Rule. Let's go over to the offensive side of the ball, and the guy that's on everyone's lips in the NFL right now is offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Um, What would you give the ranking for uh, the 31-year-old wonder kid who has been interviewed by multiple teams for head coaching positions uh, over the past week or so? What would be the grade for Joe Brady?
1: Well, I'm going to let you go first on this one here. I went first on Matt Rule, so I'm going to let you go first on this one here.
0: Um with Brady, I'm gonna give Brady a B minus, and I give him a B minus because uh, the in the beginning of the year, the the Panthers were tr- or were trending towards a top ten offense. Um it felt like they they could run with anyone. Um as the year went on, his play calling kind of started becoming more reliant on the pass game, which is understandable. I mean, that's kind of his bread and butter. He was the passing coordinator at LSU uh, during one of the greatest offensive displays in college football history, so I get it. And he came from Sean Payton's uh, coaching tree in New Orleans, and they were heavy on the pass there at times. So I get that, Uh, plus having three wide receivers in Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, who just completely outplayed uh, the contract he signed with Carolina in year one, uh, not having Christian McCaffrey. So you're, you you do not have the biggest tool in your toolbox the entire year, having to adjust uh, with Mike Davis act there instead, which is a different type of running back problems on the offensive line all year. I don't know if they started the same five, uh, two, three games in a row the entire year. Uh, so having said all that and the, for the Panthers to kind of finish right around the middle of the pack, I think they finished around 20th in the offense Um, I would give Joe a B-minus for it with the potential to get up to an A once he has all of his pieces in place, if he returns. And uh, with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, I don't see any reason why this Panther offense can't be a top 10 uh, scoring unit next season uh, once they fix the offensive line. So I'll give Brady a B-minus just from sometimes abandoning the run at times um, or just weird play calling on like fourth and one and things like that. But that just comes from – You know, being 31 and not being in that situation yet, he he learned from those mistakes as the year went on, and we saw that. So I'll I'll give him a B minus.
1: Yeah, and again, I continue to use the um, the mulligan of this pandemic uh, year. Uh, So I will give uh, Joe Brady a thumbs up uh, with the effort of being able to get these guys out there on the on the field because I know how extremely tough it is. Uh, and that NFL playbook is really, 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 really thick. I'm like, they got one play that you know could basically be used against several defenses, and then that one play actually breaks down into several uh, other categories. Uh, uh, you know, so I think with the pandemic, I give him a, a two thumbs up. Uh, so I give him, like you said, a B. Uh, but I think. In the long run, if you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now uh, from, you know, points, Green Bay, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Kansas City, you know, these teams like that, they're averaging 31 to 29 points a game. And the Panthers offense only put up 21, averaging 21 uh, points a game. So uh, in that aspect, if the Panthers are to be contenders in this NFL, which I think is a pass, happy score points league, then he's going to have to up his game uh, as far as um, what that offense was able to do. Yeah, like you say, granted, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he does make a difference, but again, that goes into drafting and bringing in personnel. Like we talked about Dwayne Haskins. That's why you bring guys in like that to see what they still have left and if they are fit because the NFL injuries are going to happen and you can't uh, put everything on one person. you look at any great team, they have backups. They have a great bench in NBA. If you want to win a championship, the NBA finals, you got to have a great bench. If you want to win in the NFL, you got to have great backups that can step in there and keep that thing going until your starter gets back in. So, Uh, From a personnel standpoint, and from a points standpoint, there, you know, needs to be some more improvement there. So, again, with the pandemic, I do do give them, I give Joe Brady, uh, like I did, uh, Coach Matt Rule that out. uh, But uh, hopefully we'll be able to play football like it's supposed to be played uh, this year. And, uh, you know, the COVID situation. Will uh, some kind of way come to an end, and we can get back to a regular off season? But uh, like you, Desmond, I'll give uh, Coach uh, Joe Brady uh, a high grade of a B, uh, just because of this pandemic. For the one standing guard, for the eagle-eyed,
0: for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger your experienced safety partner offering
1: supplies and solutions for every industry committed to helping keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickranger.com slash safety, or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Panthers uh, were averaging about 21.9 points per game this season. Uh, but in the last three games, they were only averaging about 14 points per game. Um, And a lot of that you probably could contribute to the play of Teddy Bridgewater um, there at the end uh, in terms of his erratic play the last three or four weeks of the season really affected the offensive flow and uh, what they were able to do. Um, Let's move on to defense. Uh, Defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, who was under a lot of scrutiny at the beginning of the year as his uh, defenses were not able to get off the field. Uh, the Panthers were tracking towards a historic uh, rate of three, uh, third down conversion by the opposition uh, the first half of the year. But then something happened. Um, it was almost like a light switch came on and the defense started playing uh, you know better and better each week as uh, they moved along. And uh, for me, I'll just go first here. For Phil Snow and this defense, I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him a B plus because I can't forget the beginning of the year. Although, again, same situation, can't really implement everything the way you normally would as a first year coordinator. Uh, The defense was gutted from last year roster wise. Uh, Literally, I think Trey Boston and Shaq Thompson and I'm missing like uh, 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 Dante Jackson, those three, I think were the only three on the team that had more than like fifty percent of the snaps from last season on the Carolina defense. Everyone else, pretty much gone, retired, Luke Keekley or cut, or not not retained for whatever reason. So that's the reason that you know Matt Rule and David Tepper and at the time GM Marty Herney put seven selections on defense in the NFL draft, uh, which was a record in the NFL. And all of those picks, for the most part, saw some playing time this uh, this season. Underneath the tutelage of Phil Snow, they I did not like. I was not a fan of this three man. It was like a three three five type of uh, defense that they were running, which would just leave three defensive linemen trying to get past five uh, offensive linemen to get to a quarterback. And we were playing a murderer's row of quarterbacks during that stretch. I mean, name a Hall of Fame potential quarterback, and we probably played him. Drew Brees twice, Tom Brady twice, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) Matt Ryan, former league MVP. Uh, It was just ridiculous that we we went through all those. uh, And and through that, Phil Snow's defense started learning a little bit about what he wanted to do. They backed away from that 3-3-5 after a while, started sending more four-man rushes up. Brian Burns started playing better. Uh, he's going to need to be a leader on that defense. I'll give the defense a B based on the growth we saw over the course of the season where we saw them go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We Their crowning achievement, though, is probably that second half against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, the number one scoring offense in the league this year, where they held them to nothing and basically – rattled Aaron Rodgers and that offense for you know 30 minutes of football uh they played fantastic at that day in the second half they just didn't play fantastic in the first when the Packers you know drove three straight times and scored three straight touchdowns so it was a it was an up and down type of seesaw season for the defense but I'll give them a B as well based off the growth I saw and I feel like there are a couple of draft picks away a couple of snaps away repetition wise to being a really good, solid defense under my uh, Phil Snow.
1: Yeah, and you hit on a few things. Kind of touched on a few things. Uh, you know, I give again. This pandemic um, is that Mulligan, um, and anytime any of the coaches, uh, not only just Phil Snow, but any coach in the NFL, if you got your team through this season, then you're going to get a high mark. Uh, a, B, just because of the pandemic, because we as individuals, as fans, as human beings, you know, how much struggle uh, is it right now? Just dealing with your kids in school and getting them set up and, you know, people working from home. So uh, that in a nutshell is very tough. So when you're trying to get grown men who are being paid millions of dollars to follow follow each other, and get all these cows through uh, the gate, you know, it does take a lot of, uh, of patience and a special person. So when I look at the defense as a whole uh, points scored, because I think that's how you win games, you know, you the, you, know, you can't lose if the team doesn't score. But hey, in this NFL, it's all about scoring. So I don't know if anybody going to really continue to You know, will we continue to see a lot of shutouts and that may be like a dinosaur, a dinosaur, you know, seeing nobody score points. But uh, we have seen that this year. But uh, in 2019, the Panthers defense was giving up almost 30 points a game. And Phil Snow was able to come in and, you know, brought him down a little bit, you know, 25 points. But still, yet that's an improvement. And then with him uh, working with totally a defense that uh, are new guys. And even though defenses, I think, jail faster than offenses, still there are uh, coordination that has to be done. Guys have to be on the same page in order for a defense to be successful. But uh, from the standpoint of just getting the guys to play together, working with young guys, uh, defense that nobody really knew each other, uh, give Phil Snow, uh, I give him an eight. Uh, on defense, and I think uh, the Panthers have something to look forward to uh, in the upcoming uh, year, uh, the 2021 season. So uh, that's the great idea of Phil Snow.
0: And then uh, finally, got the, the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater. He's been up with us, he's been down with us. If you've been a fan of the Believe in Panthers podcast, you've rode this uh, adventure with us the entire season with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, on one hand, finished above, I think, seventy percent completion rate uh, for the season, which I think is a record for Carolina Panthers quarterback. On the other hand, uh, you know, five and eleven uh, on the season. Uh, I think he was like one and eight in one possession uh, games this season, where he had the ball in his hands, the last, final drive or last two minutes of the contest. Uh, in the last three or four weeks in particular, it was almost like Teddy had lost confidence or something because it just he wasn't playing the same way. He wasn't throwing with the same conviction uh, as he was earlier in the year. Um, he, his balls were floating a little bit on him a little bit. He, he was making more mistakes in terms of interceptions and turnovers. And head coach Matt Rule actually kind of talked around the fact that, uh, that Teddy may have been playing injured the past week or so at the end of the regular season. And that might've attributed to it. Having said that there was some mistakes that Teddy made that just, you know, shouldn't have been made period. Uh, and if he was hurt, uh, maybe he was worried about, maybe he's worried about his starting job getting taken away. If he's out too long. Cause he did miss the, the Detroit game. And that was one of the better Panther wins of the season behind backup PJ Walker and a stellar uh, defensive output that resulted in a shutout 20 to zero was the score in that game um, for Teddy I'm going to give Teddy a C minus and part, a large part of it is that when Teddy came into this season, he thought he was going to have the number one running back in the NFL behind him the entire year. And he ended up not having him pretty much the entire year. So that that security blanket for a quarterback, having a running back that can get you five yards, 10 yards, a, a running back that can uh, motion out and, and run a, a route better than any of your wide receivers for the most part. Uh, best hands on the team. Usually the most sturdiest guy on the team had never really been injured since high school. Uh, So kind of fluky that he had the season he had this year. And I think it affected Teddy when you look at the the season overall. If they had Christian McCaffrey this this entire season, this is a 7-8 win team probably uh, based off of what we saw. Uh, And they lost a couple of close games that McCaffrey didn't even play in that he probably would have been a difference in. So I'm going to give Teddy a C. Year started out great. Uh, something happened after he in, got injured in that Minnesota game. Missed a week, came back. And from that point on, just did not play very well. Uh, I'm just not even going to mince words, but he just didn't play well. Um, and instead of the Panthers losing games that they probably should have won, they just started losing games that they just weren't ever really in. And a lot of it had to do with the quarterback play. So I, I'm giving him a C minus. I give him a little bit of a mulligan because of COVID and everything else although he knows this offense, it's basically the New Orleans offense he was in last year, uh, but not having his biggest weapon on offense uh, kind of saves him a little bit in terms of a lower grade for me.
1: Yeah, again, I think we're kind of uh, cutting the same type of uh, tree, uh, using the same type of tool, should I say, to cut a tree. But again, the COVID, you know, is you got to throw that out there. Uh, guys, uh, I remember reading where they said Teddy was playing Madden just to try to get used to some of the plays, understanding the plays. And, you know, they're doing a lot of things over Zoom. So, you know, it's been very, 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 very difficult. And just like coaches, players, were the same way. Uh, if, uh, an important part of the offense is not there, then, you know, it makes you do something that you're not. Used to, are accustomed to doing. Uh, can Teddy be that guy where he can throw it uh, 50 times, or, or just like Ben Roethlisberger did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this past uh, weekend, uh, last weekend, you know, throwing for over 500 yards and still Pittsburgh loses. But uh, of course, he threw some interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger threw some interceptions. So you know, that quarterback position is not uh, that position that you want to make mistakes in because it's so glorified. Uh, the camera, you know, the ball doesn't start until the quarterback takes the ball. So uh, it's a lot of things that come with being that quarterback. But uh, Teddy did do enough, I believe, coming into this situation. Again, all everybody gets a mulligan because of this uh, pandemic. But he was able to keep his uh, completion percentage up there uh, near the 70s. Uh, so that does say he knows where to throw the ball. But I think Teddy is that complimentary piece. He's that guy that, you know, he can't throw the ball if needed, but I think he fares better when everything is clicking on offense. And, um, you know, I think he's still a, a great guy, great quarterback, uh, great for the community. And I think he's that guy that you want to have on your team, especially if the Panthers are going to try to bring in uh, someone who will be here after Teddy is gone. So, uh, But again, it's whether you win or you lose in the NFL. And uh, it's always going to be pointed back to the quarterback. If you lose, it's going to be pointed to the quarterback if you win. So uh, I think Teddy did enough to – uh, managed the boat, but it wasn't good enough to where the fans expectations of, you know, Teddy coming from New Orleans, uh, how he won. He went undefeated when Drew Brees went down. So I think sometimes, you know, the press can put a lot of pressure on you and people expect you to come in uh, like a superhero. So I think Teddy's is a great quarterback. And I think uh, coming back next year with everybody having a full year, I think you know, he will do better.
0: Well, there you have it. So, those are our Panther end of the 2020 season grades for uh, the coaching staff and starting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. That's a wrap for us. Uh, that's going to be the end of the 2020 season. We'll probably be back with some sort of uh, special draft show. We'll have some guests on, like Joe Person from The Athletic or. Uh, some other talking heads that kind of know what's going on. They'll have some Panther news for us by that point. So check for that on the Believe Podcast Network sometime probably around April, if I'm not mistaken, when the draft takes place. Uh, Probably right before it, we'll give you everything you need to know uh about the nfl draft 2021 and how the panthers are preparing for that you can follow tyrone pool at uh, twitter at tyrone pool 38 you can follow me desmond johnson on twitter at dez underscore 3505 and then also make sure you check out the believe podcast network at believe podcast on twitter for my man tyrone pool this is desmond johnson we are on vacation we will see you guys sometime in april 2021 You are listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe podcast networks. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.